Hello, everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Happy and blessed Saturday to everybody, and welcome to episode 284 of the Welcome to Asgard podcast, which reminds me to shout out Toph Morris, who is a $5 a month backer over on Anchor.fm. So thank you, good sir, for supporting the podcast. I promise I will get the most recent episodes uploaded as soon as I possibly can. Sorry again for the delayed start slash early start. We originally were scheduled to go for 745, and I decided, hey, we're already kind of late compared to where we normally start, so I made sure everything was set up and working properly, and so decided just to hit the go live button as people continue to come on in. Before going any further, though, please make sure that you smash that like button if you're watching over on YouTube. Make sure you light up that fire button if you're watching over on Odyssey. And also hello to the Periscope and DLive fam who will be watching us this evening. As you can see, tonight will be a talk about... The Dune box office, because Dune, even though it doesn't come out for a few weeks more for us here in the North American market, is officially released in about 16 to 17 different foreign markets and has made around $8 million in the first day or so, which does not sound like a whole lot, and we'll go ahead and see in the grand scheme of things, as money continues to roll in, just how much or how little that is. For the film itself. It's a movie, though, based off of the typical numbers that needs to make around $412 million worldwide in order for it to make money, in order for it to break even. The biggest flaw with Dune is going to be the fact that it has a day and date released with HBO Max, which is why, probably one of the many reasons why, they are doing this delayed release internationally trying to dissuade people from just waiting for a pristine copy to become available in the uh, pirate marketplace. Obviously, there are still going to be pirate copies that are going to be available since it is officially out in theaters, but I know that there are a lot of people that would rather wait for a pristine copy if they're going to go that route than for the typical crap camera option instead. But as I mentioned, it will also be available on HBO Max, and my hope is... Again, because you all know I'm a big fan of Denis Villeneuve, who is the director behind this film. I've, I've been hearing early rumblings that the film is actually really good, that the film is actually a, a very good adaptation of, of the story, and that it's actually just a well-made film, which is not all that surprising as far as it being well-made, because it is indeed made by one of my favorite modern working filmmakers, Denis Villeneuve. And so I have a lot of confidence in him. I, I have not seen a bad film from him yet, again, just from my own perspective. And so until he lets me down with one, I will continue to have to have trust in the films that he makes. So we'll go ahead and see what exactly he's able to bring forth to us in the coming weeks as eventually it gets released here in the States. Let's say hello to some people in the chat, though, because it looks like the chat is um, looking a little funky over here, but we'll go ahead and wait and see exactly if it's popping up. There we go. I don't know why it's showing up as a different color. I don't know what's what's going on there, but we'll say hello to some people. What's going on? Matthew Highland says the EFAP Shang-Chi is great. 
Uh, no surprise there. Father Christopher Miller, hail to you, Father. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Yeah, so people got in around 7 p.m., but as I mentioned on all the social medias and also in the actual title itself, or rather in the actual time it was scheduled for, it was a later start. It's always amazing to me. I do all of that, and then there's still people who say, oh, late late start today, eh? I see how much you, you uh, pay attention to to the things that I say. I do it on Discord, too, for those that do not like the um, the social medias, because at least Discord is not nearly as bad as those. We got Forever Sci-Fi. What is going on? Snorter Poopus Cuber. What is going on? Snorter Poopus says, How are humans and other quitters? What's going on? How are you doing? Just another red shirt. One of the persons that I was just mentioning. Uh, hail to you, good sir. Yeah, so for anyone wondering, I, I gave some details in the post on all of the various platforms, including the channel, and basically, my wife is out of town for the weekend, so I am alone with the dogs and with baby Thor, so that is going to then mean my full focus has to be on them, and baby Thor has a bedtime of around 7.30 Eastern, and so that is why I had to adjust to 7.45, just to make sure that Little baby was taken care of exactly how he needed to be. Bruce, what is going on? Good, sir. Welcome back to Loris Ed in the chat. What's going on? We got Slicer Neons in the chat. Hail to you. 13th Warrior, hail to you. Who is a member says, anyone have any Nicki Minaj update? What a time to have ditched Twitter. I don't. Uh, It's interesting. Yeah. Nicki Minaj of all people. I don't think anyone, someone mentioned this on Twitter. I don't think anyone had that in their bingo card. That she would be embracing... Uh, free speech uh, platform ideas and uh, anti-cancellation culture ideas um, at any point this year. But then again, when you actually are the victim of cancel culture and you actually start to realize, oh, all of those things that, you know, that they've been telling me for years now about how if you are of a certain racial background and if you happen to hold certain certain political motivations or at least seem to be at least even willing to talk to those and hear those with a certain political uh, persuasion, you become essentially depersoned. You don't really know that, I guess, until you actually experience it. So, hey, I will say I, I wouldn't trust her as far as I could throw her at this point. But, hey, if, if this is going to allow her and for people that tend to follow her and take her opinion seriously, I don't know who those people would be, but hey, I guess they exist out there. My hope is, is that something like this can can lead to some some red pilling, some some just waking up to what's actually going on in our world and hopefully lead to a broader discussion about human rights. Because as I've mentioned on previous streams, everything going on with the COVID stuff has nothing to do or very little to do, in my opinion, with my mind, with American rights or the Constitution. It is a human rights violation to either force someone or pressure someone via mandate or via punishment to receive a medical procedure that they, in many cases, morally have issues with ridiculous elizabeth lyons hail to you glad to have you here cold era in the chat hail to you we got tina b the empress of the universe in the chat as well hail to you i also see 70 b in the chat as well thank you all for being here and as she always mentions make sure you put at odin at the very beginning of your comment at odin no matter what platform that you are watching on make sure you put at odin is the way to get my attention unless you are a member on YouTube, in which case I see the green names pop up. Also remember that I fall typically around 20 minutes behind in the chat. So, hey, 
make sure that you are used to that. If you are someone who's around a lot, you should already be aware of these things. Uh, let's see. Matthew Berkland, welcome to the channel. So very glad to have you here. Uh, Gridania, what is going on? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Keck44 in the chat. Hail to you. Glad to have you back. We got Laura, the modern major general story. What's going on, Laura? How are things in crazy California? Luke Zilla in the chat. Hail to you, Luke Zilla. Hope you are doing swimmingly. Joey Horn, what's going on, my brother? What is going on, my brother? So very happy to see you in the chat. See, Crisco, what's going on? He tagged to say, on a scale of 1 to 10, how disappointed are you about the month-long wait until the U.S. release? I've seen that means of Dune. So I'm, I'm kind of in this mixed bag, to be perfectly honest. And the reason why is because if this is the only way or the best way for the film itself to make money, if it's good, and based on what I've been hearing, it is, then okay, I, I, I'm willing to wait then for that. If this is just some, just, you know, experimental, hey, we're just doing this for the sake of doing it type of nonsense, well, then obviously I, I would be very disappointed in that. But I honestly believe that it has more to do with, with the previous point I had made that this is probably their attempt to try and capitalize on as much money as they can by not only having it in markets where HBO Max is not a factor meaning it's a lot harder to pirate or at the very least get very good pristine copies. Two, having it in a limited marketplace internationally allows for the opportunity at least for a broader word-of-mouth campaign to potentially push people to want to go see this, not just in theaters, but even in IMAX, in uh, the, uh, the Dolby Cinema, right, to pay the higher premium cost, because obviously more of that money then would go to the studios, especially in those first weeks that it's out here domestically. So I think that that is likely the plan that they have going forward for it, is to try and make as much money as they can, which, hey during COVID times especially, is not an easy thing to do. Realistically, the only film that's a major budget film that in any way we can honestly look to to say is on a path to make money in the modern day world with massive budget is actually Shang-Chi because of its incredibly impressive domestic totals. But if you look to films like Black Widow, Godzilla vs. Kong, Fast and Furious 9, which by the way, uh, Universal sent me a copy of Fast and Furious 9 to review. I got 20 minutes left in it. And I will say this. It is ridiculous. However, I will say that as much as I hated 7 and 8, this one I think is a bit better. It's almost like they, I guess you could say, went back to the roots a little bit. Or there, it's just a little bit more fine-tuned. And I'm watching the extended cut version um, I didn't know that there was going to be an extended cut, but in the Blu-ray, they gave you the theatrical and the extended cut, so I figured, hey, might as well watch everything. It's not a great film by any means as far as you know objectivity goes. However, definitely having a lot more fun with this one than any other film since uh, the last good Fast and Furious film that I saw, which was Six. So I got about 20 minutes left in that. But even that film, you know, people look to it and say, hey, that film's made over $700 million worldwide. Odin, you're crazy. What do you mean it hasn't made money? Or maybe it hasn't made its money. It comes down to China. It, it comes down to China. It comes down to the fact that studios get very little from their investments in China. I believe they've made enough in other countries for that film to be 
one of the more successful movies, big budget wise, of this film. But I've not actually uh, dividend dividend. I've never I have not actually dove into those numbers yet in retrospect. Uh, because obviously there's been newer releases, and so that's kind of got my focus. But I do kind of want to go back and say, all right, let's look at the numbers. Let's look at what they actually made from these different countries and get a good idea of how much actual net gain, net profit the film likely made. But really it comes down to China because they did incredibly well in China, and they get incredibly little from that China split. Anyway, Thunderduck, what's going on? Thanks for tagging, says, uh, Gulden Abend, do you support the release, the web cut from The Amazing Spider-Man and all the other hashtags putting for pushing for releases? I, base, you know, I will say, to be honest, not really. And the reason why is because I just find them annoying. I have no problem if these artists are able to get their visions of their films out there, and if they happen to be better, great. But I think that, the best example that I can give for why I'm very, you know, not really pro, you know, release the whatever cut is because, oh, release a Snyder cut one. And we got four hours of Zack Snyder doing Zack Snyder things, which whether basically only if you subjectively like the Zack Snyder style, that's who it's made for. If you either like or are okay with the Zack Snyder styling, then you were happy with that release. When you're someone like me, where you're kind of, you know, on, on, on all sides of it, you look to it and you say, wait a minute, this is just four hours of, of more just Zack Snyderisms and Zack Snyder wasted story. Anyway, Jay, so what's going on? Chat already starting to jump on me a little bit, so I apologize if I'm skipping some people here. James Pond, what's going on? I saw Dune looks amazing, but it's not for everyone because it's slow and plotting. I don't think it will do well in the box office. That's the other thing is that it's like two hour, two and a half hours plus long, meaning it's going to have a limited number of uh, screen time uh, because in a movie theater, you can only have so many showings a day if a film is very long. So you have it very long. It's dealing with a very, I, I would think anyone, if they were being honest, would say this is a very niche market. This is not a, a global movie story uh, by any means. This is kind of like a Blade Runner in a lot of ways where it's got that cult following, I guess you could say. It's not going to really be something I think that's going to draw a lot of new people in necessarily. But if they're able to play their cards right with this foreign release, the way they're doing it, who knows? Maybe it could work. We'll have to wait and see. Evan asks, what is going on? Thanks for being here. Is the K-Man here? Twirly Wolf in the chat. What's going on? Mr. Roy, welcome back to the chat. Glad to have you here. Um, let's see. Andrew Hoyle says, read the book. I actually just started listening to the book because I had gotten it months ago. And then I just fell so far behind because I was listening to so many other things. Um, and I'm, I think, a chapter in. I don't know exactly how it how it's working. It's the, it's the one where you have multiple people and they're like, you're kind of giving it like an audio play and it's really good. It's actually really done really well done so far. And I've, I've been enjoying it, but I don't know if I'll be able to finish it before, um, uh, before the movie comes out. Like, could I finish it? Yes. Will I? I don't know because there's a lot of things that I've been wanting to read recently that I have not had a lot of time to read. I'm full-time dadding this weekend. So it's going to be a bit, bit crazy. Uh, there's Warrior says, Woo, I love Dune. I only watched a few minutes of Andre's video. Now I can go see it with much less trepidation. Only the normal fears one has uh, a treasure IP is pro- treasured IP is produced. Yeah, apparently he said it was not woke, which is always a good thing to hear. 
Not something I expected because Denis Villeneuve has never really gone down the woke route before. Not to say that he would not eventually or could potentially not ever do that, but it's just not been a part of his style before. He's mostly just been a good filmmaker and storyteller, especially with visuals. Orange Hat says, hello, everyone. Uh, thank God this was a later start. My kitchen ceiling tiles collapsed, so we had to do some repair. Today was stressful. I'm very sorry to hear that. Hope everything is okay. See, Laura Tag to say, I'm excited for the House of Gucci to finally come to theaters so I don't have to see that horrendous trailer again before my movies. Okay, I was wondering where that was going because I'm like, wait a minute, you're looking forward to that movie? Ah, yes. That that makes a lot more sense. A lot more sense. And I, and I, and I feel you. I feel you on that. By the way, uh, some pretty cool trailers dropped uh, this week. Some final trailers, some updated trailers. Saw the new Batman trailer, and I think overall, I thought it was actually pretty good. I actually think it was it had the best tone of the Batman trailers to come out because the issues that I had beforehand with you know the uh, the, the emo looking Batman were a little bit under I guess under focus, which is a good thing because of the style and because of the tone that they set. The music was a little bit different, so it, it wasn't as much of a slow, brooding trailer as like the initial one was. This one was a little bit more fast-paced, I guess you could say. I thought that tone fit it a lot better, so I'm actually a lot more excited for The Batman because of that, and uh, it makes me uh, pretty excited to see that. Uh, C.W. Trixie says, It was funny how Rags, who never saw the movie, was able to predict what would happen next and come up with better ideas uh, for scenes to. Uh, is this referring to uh, Shang-Chi? I assume that's still referencing Shang-Chi. I always need context. Greta Zenner, what's going on, Greta? How's it going, girl? Thank you for being here. Appreciate it. Fetigator, what's going on? Uh, Gribal, what's going on? Welcome back to the chat. Appreciate y'all being here. See, Super Anime Gamer says, Hey, what is up, my dude? What is going on? I would say that because the chat does seem to be hopping tonight, if you could please uh, hold off on any uh, long uh, rants slash novels in your comments, uh, that would be very much appreciated. Most of y'all tend to do a pretty good job not doing it consistently. Every now and then I'm okay with it, but when it's like every comment is, is a novel and you know who you are, Please hold back. Thank you. Fedigator, great FNT last night. Chris Rose was great. He would be an excellent uh, on here. Dude, uh, Chris Rose, uh, Chris, uh, so Chris Gore, I think is what you were trying to say. I was like, Chris Rose. I'm like, we didn't have Chris Rose, right? Chris Gore. Uh, no, he was awesome. He was awesome. He was a great guest, a very passionate movie fan. And even us behind the scenes were saying, we need to have him on again because of, of the way in which the discussion was framed. Because even though we fall typically most weeks into our normal, you know, calling things out and being critical of, you know, whether it's the culture or whether it's just Hollywood in general. It's also fun just to have like that nerdy movie discussion too. And it was a lot of fun. Uh, Slicer says, Nikki sure got hit with a big old red pill and is pulling no punches. We're safer and better of letting twits tear each other apart. Yeah, exactly. Because maybe, just maybe, uh, some of them will learn once something happens to them. The Lion says, we were told at work that we have until October 1st to get the shot or we have to test every single week. Well, Elizabeth Lyons, I would say to you, uh, try and see if you can get an, a, an exemption at the very least. Um, try and see if you can get an exemption. And then also, too, I would say look up. Uh, it, it should be available on a site called LifeSite News. And if you look up LifeSite News, um, 
Kennedy Hall is the name of the person that's been behind the project. But basically, he has been developing, and I don't know if it's available for the United States yet, but I know he did it for Canada, where basically it's 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 a it's a form that you can print out and sign where basically you you make your employer have to agree that okay i will do this but you have to agree that you take any responsibility if anything negative happens to me after receiving it and what you'll find is that usually a company is not going to want to put itself in that position now again that may not work necessarily they might again hold their ground and and say too bad you know it's it's our way or the highway but I would say look into religious exemptions if you possibly can. Uh, there is a fantastic bishop, Bishop Athanasius Snyder, where if you sign up to the uh, confraternity that he has, it's the confraternity of Our Lady of Fatima. If you sign up for that, uh, he will sign off on a official document um, giving a religious exemption. So I don't know if that's an option for you or not, but hey, if it is, that's an option. And then again, look up Kennedy Hall legal exemption because he's working on some pretty cool stuff. Um, as far as helping people, especially with the legal aspect, less so the moral aspect. Uh, Jack the Jarhead said, how to get the jab work for DOD. That's, uh, I'm sorry to hear that, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I hate when we hear the stories about people who are forced to get it. That, that's never okay. That's never okay to force somebody to receive something. And as I said, most especially if it is something that goes against someone's morals. You know, I'm, I'm in a very lucky position to be in a situation where that type of force is not likely to ever happen. Never say never, I guess, is, is the expression you would say. But I, I feel so much sadness for anyone who is forced to do something that, again, forced to make a healthcare decision against their will, essentially. Because it's either, you know, and some argue saying, well, you know, it is, you know, it, it is up to them. Yes, but if they don't do it, then they get fired not not really much of a choice there uh malvin just became a member at the army of asgard level i, I very much appreciate that thanks for being here soul assassin what's going on stone cold's beer cooler yeah gotta love some stone cold absolutely welcome to the chat hannibal grim what is going on the new number two hail to you rules 1138 hail to you snort a poop is cuber who's a member, says more and more people are going to get tired of these mandates and governmental overreaches and rebels and rebel. At least I hope so. I, I think you're kind of already seeing it to some extent. Um, and I, I mentioned this, I think it was on, on Friday Night Tights last night, and there's some disagreement amongst us that once you start going after people's jobs and it starts to happen at a, like a global scale, or I guess for our country specifically, a, a national scale, I think that's when you're going to start to see the trigger get flipped for a lot of people. Because no one likes being forced or pressured into doing something that they didn't want to do in the first place. Garethar, I really want Dune in theaters unless the jab becomes mandatory. I may be watching on HBO Max. And that's the thing. Yeah, I mean, if your option is to basically be forced to receive a medical procedure or watch it HBO Max, in that scenario, I would I'm gonna say right now, watch it on HBO Max. Like if those are the options that you're given, HBO Max every day. It'd be awesome to see it in theaters. And obviously, I, I'm lucky again, live in a state in an area where that likely is not going to be a decision that I have to make when by the time the film comes out. But um, yeah, that, that's, that's a no-brainer. That, that is a no-brainer. 
Yeah, and I know that the text looks a little bit different, so it's a little see-through as it gets through to the end. I don't know exactly what happened, but I feel like if I, if I, if I click away from this, the chats that I have are going to get lost. So I'd rather deal with that for now and then and see what happens from there. But anyway, Joey Horn, who is also now a member, he just joined at the Citizen of Asgardian level. What's going on? says, I love these Saturday Night Live streams. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Always have fun with these. Laura Story says, I just watched Jessica Chastain in the eyes of Tammy Faye about the famous 1980s televangelist. I guess Chastain bought the rights for Tammy Faye's story years ago. I remember hearing about this when it was initially in development, so I did not know that it was available. And let me know what uh, service that is available on, uh, because that is actually one I'm interested in. I like Jessica Chastain. I think she's an incredibly talented actress. I uh, actually met her. In real life. I got to see her in a play on Broadway years ago. Daniel Thorne says, Pizza time Odin turns into party time Odin when the wife is away. Not really. I mean, it does allow me, I guess, some sense of the ability to, to go past further times. Because if the, for those that don't know me, I work on a schedule. And I work on a schedule because, one, it's good to work on a schedule. And two, it's because... You know, when you are married and you have a family, working on a schedule is the most important thing because you have to be able to get your priorities straight. For me, obviously, it's my faith, my family, and then my job, and then, of course, having fun. And so this is just a a lot of fun. And I am always going to be able to, because I have a schedule, because the schedule is the way it is, dedicate time to having fun and having these great discussions and getting to hang out with you guys, which is also a ton of fun. It's a very, it's a very, uh, very important outlet for me, especially um, being much more of a, it doesn't seem like it, but I'm, I'm a very introverted person. Uh, so just being in a newer area for the past few years, haven't met a whole lot of people, so... <laughs> It's nice to have people that I've actually, you know, you know, grown to be friends with and people that I've been able to connect with over the years. Uh, it's, it's always fun. Uh, as 70 just says, Odin is crazy. Am I crazy? Am I crazy? Maybe. I could be. You never know. James Pond, please review John Cena's performance in Fast 9. Boop, 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 boop. I'm definitely going to do a review of Fast 9 at some point. Um, oh, man. Uh, I'll, all I'll say is this much. John Cena does not know how to act. Because he just, he can't. He gives the same performance, uh, for the most part, every single time. Like, all he's doing is just mug face, I guess, trying to do his best Vin Diesel impersonation. Trying to play the brother character that he's trying to be. So, I mean, I guess there's that going on for it, but I don't know. (laughs) Uh, It's kind of a silly thing. Games Repository, what's going on? Bryant Barth, welcome back to the chat. Glad to have you here. Exactly, Laura. Zach is just going to Zach. And some people like it when Zach Zacks. I do not. I personally do not. Uh, Bryant Barth. Well, Bryant, if you were in the chat, I explained several times because like a thousand people asked. And it's always, it always drives me nuts when I post the reason. And then like five comments later, people are asking still. And it's like, bruh, I explained it. Anyway, so the reason why was because, as I said, I'm alone. Uh, with with baby Thor this weekend with the dogs. And so because of that, I decided to prioritize instead of driving myself insane by starting on the show and then going off the show, etc. was okay, let me just focus on taking care of things I need to take care of. And once baby Thor goes down for bedtime, then I'll be able to give my full attention to Friday Night Tights. And so I still was able to go on for like two and a half and three hours. It's just that the show 
the show always goes on for an undetermined amount of time. I honestly thought my initial intention was to go all the way to the end of the show, but then the show ended up going for like five hours, and I was like, okay, well, you know, I can only I can only sit for so long before my back starts to to seize up on me, and it's it's just. You know, that's what started happening. So I had to leave early. I had to jump out because I, I don't like interrupting people and they're having some really good conversations. Um, but yeah. Uh, Asperger says, howdy, Odin. How's it going? I'm still here. Pain pill knocks me out. Not having a fun day back. And I give Cry Macho a 9 out of 10. That's really high, Alex. I actually did. I was able to watch Cry Macho today. I Objectively, as a movie, it's not good. The story is just not very good. And I think it's just you get to the point where Clint Eastwood, he's still making films and I'm going to commend him for that. You know, I'm going to commend him for doing that, but he's not making good films anymore. The Mule was was again, it was like a C-level movie. And I would say that Cry Macho was also a C-level movie. There's some moments in there where I'm like, okay, but man, the acting in the film, especially from the little kid, just is not very good. The, The general story is not very good. The ending just happens. Like, there really is no climatic part of the film at all, really. It just kind of just ends. I don't know. It, it just was It was a very bizarre movie. And, and the bizarre aspects especially were within the story, within the, like, the actual writing of the story, and within the pacing as well. So I, I was not a big fan of, of Cry Macho. I really wanted to be. I really wanted to be. But I, I just... I think it might be good for him to, you know, to... To, to retire, for, at least from directing. Because I would love to still see him on screen. Hannibal Grimm, yes. Fossey, Fossey, Fossey to you, good sir. To you as well. Twirly Wolf, what's going on? Says, celebrating the first week of my brother's film. Doing well. Nice. Well, congratulations to your brother. Laura says, you reading Dune, the book is much easier to understand after seeing the movie first. Yeah, I'm typically um, of the same mindset because I'm someone that I very much appreciate being able to have visual concepts that I can then go back to. It's part of, you know, part of my ADD is that I, I, I prefer listening to an audiobook. I'd prefer watching a movie or a show. So I think that having seen the original Dune film, as much as I hated that movie, um, there's at least some frame of reference, I feel, to help in, in understanding it. But uh, so far, I think I'm liking it. See, Andrew Hoyle says, the Batman trailer may look amazing, but it's still got Sparkle Surprise and his noodle arms. <laughs> yes, but it's also still got Paul freaking Dano as Riddler, and I'm loving the voice that they're doing for Riddler. So I'm, I'm excited just for that. I'm not going to see it. See, here's the thing. Some people are going to see it for Batman. I'm going to see it for Paul freaking Dano because if you've been following me for a while, you know that when it comes to Paul freaking Dano, I gotta see it. He's, he's one of my favorites working in Hollywood today. Rob D. Hello, Odin. Just finished watching Cry Macho. Not a great movie, unfortunately. It's not. Yeah, Rob D. Thank you, dude. I total. I have a total agreement with you. It, it it's definitely like a C C minus level movie for me, man. It just does not have a good story. It does not have very good acting in it either. I think that that's something, especially over the years, that's really started to show in the films that that Eastwood does and it's not his performances it's it's the people he gets around him I, I don't know what it is that's going through the casting process but it just they get a lot of uh, of, of green actors they get a lot of green actors in and it just it, it really shows and it always tears films down awesome one what's up dude what's up 
from EFAP to EODIN. <laughs> and mine will not be nearly as long of a show. I can say that much. Let's see. Andrew says, Now, when you say don't write a long comment, exactly how long is long? I mean, if I have to say something, I tend to write a lot. However, on the occasion, I don't. So I don't want to write that much. Andrew Hoyle, you troll. You troll. <sighs> I hate you. I saw exactly what you did there. Glad to hear it, Elizabeth Lyons. Yeah, so I would say I'm glad that you got that. But I would say as far as, you know, uh, yeah, I, I would say as far as the testing is concerned, see if you can uh, find any type of legal recourse if you can. Um, and uh, and yeah, because at that point they are putting a, I would argue, an unreasonable burden on you for something where when you actually look at the numbers, as I said previously and as many people have been pointing out, when you compare it to most other major pandemics slash major illnesses is a drop in the bucket in comparison, numbers-wise. Forever Sci-Fi, what's going on? Forever Sci-Fi says, My company has not said anything, but I've decided I will accept neither the jab nor the weekly testing. And again, everyone's going to have their, for lack of a better expression, that their hill to die on. And I, I think that for me, uh, testing is also another one of those places where I'd be like, No. And it, for me, there, it comes down more so to I don't want any record in any one system saying whether I was ever negative or positive. I, I, I don't want that, at least when it comes to this, because I have seen way too many things, have read too many things to put any trust in the current systems that are at play. If it was something where I could take a personal test and know the results myself and they were going based on like a trust system, okay, yeah. But yeah, no, no thank you. The, the, the main test, the, the one that's the most effective that takes, you know, hours to complete, I think it's the, what, the PCR testing that they're still doing for that, which even the creator of the PCR test even himself admitted, yeah, well, you know what? You can kind of find the results you're looking for if you know what you're doing. It's like, okay, yeah, no thank you. Uh, Judge of the Register says, I can submit anything I want, but if the company decides that I'm actually putting them in a difficult position, they can terminate my at-will employment without reason. Ah, uh, yeah, at-will employment's always a very difficult thing. I myself have uh, am a part of something like that as well. Um, yeah, it's tough. It is very tough, that is for sure. See, Lance Mala, what's going on? When's your next episode of the OMB Report? I honestly don't know, man. Uh, it's not that I don't want to do it. It's that I don't have time, to be perfectly honest. I get up in the morning, and I have time usually to do my my daily video for the main channel. And that's pretty much all I got. I, you know, when I'm working during the week especially, I have just no time at all during during the day with the way things go because again as i've mentioned previously i'm 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 a schedule kind of guy i'm just on a schedule and unfortunately there is no time right now in the weekly schedule for omb report at this time i'm definitely am willing to try and work as best i can to try and get some more omb reports on weekends when i have a little bit more time but even those can be a little complex from time to time as well so I really want to put something out. There's a lot of stuff to talk about. I just, again, it really comes down to a, a time uh, based on what I'm already committed to. Adding extra time really isn't in the cards, at least at this point. But thanks for asking, man. It's not that I don't want to. It's not that the channel is done. It's it's just that it's uh, it's about timing at this point. 
Let's see. Ernest Rojas, what's going on, dude? Welcome back to the channel. Super then says, definitely, I'd be, I would love to see Chris Gore again. I think it'd be awesome to have him and RMB on the same time. Just talk fan favorites. Dude, that would be a great show. Yeah, just to talk about, you know, we all come up with like our top five. You can even have that. It'd be a really cool idea. Again, I, I'll, I might suggest it, but obviously y'all can suggest it as well if you're fans of FNT, fans of FNT to say, hey, maybe you have like a once a month show where you have RMB and, um, you know, RMB and Chris Gore on. And every month it's a, you know, we have to come up with our top, like um, among the news of the day, also talking about the news of the week that we talk about, we have to come up with like our five favorite films or actors or, you know, genre, like anything like that, where it's a, like a a rotating thing. I think that could be a lot of fun Um, and can have like at least one episode a month where even if there's something great, crazy going on, which we'll talk about, there's also at least going to be a portion of it dedicated to, you know, things we love. You know, I think that's incredibly important to to have that part of it as well. It's always fun when we're able to do so. All right, Snort Poopus Cuber says, So far, Florida is holding out against this nonsense, but the disloyal opposition is pushing hard to win the next governor's race. Yeah, and that's why a lot of people are wondering, uh, should the, uh, the governor of Florida run in a presidential election or not? Uh, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that he seems to be a pretty popular guy in his state, but if he was to step away and someone else were to basically, you know, run in his place with a similar platform, would they be able to do nearly as well? Again, having different people, different personalities can sometimes be um, be different, can have an impact, right? Uh, let's see, Fedigator tagged and said, Did you see the scenes of freedom out of Australia look like scenes from... And then that's all that it says there. Um, no, uh, I, I've seen some. Uh, I think I saw the one where it was like they were pushing, and then one of like the cops like threw a punch or threw something, and then like it just became chaos. I don't like violence. I'm just gonna be honest. I, I don't like violence. I am not a fan or a proponent of of violent protesting. I was against it when BLM did it um, all last year, and and I'm still I'm still against it now. And I understand that a lot of people get to the point where they feel like there's nothing left that we have. But when, when you think about it, all that's doing is is creating more tension amongst peoples and it's not changing anything. It, it's kind of the it's kind of the mentality that some people had, because obviously we know the media and others have tried to make, you know, the, the events that happened on January 6th more than what they actually were. But there are some people who were there who honestly thought that what they were doing would change the outcome, like would be able to somehow take over. And that is something where when you delve into something that is completely unrealistic and something that is not going to actually change anything, you know, I think that at that point it becomes actually worthless um, violence at that point. Um Anyway, someone was uh, someone was mentioning, uh, in, I think it was in Australia. Again, I haven't seen everything from Australia. I w- there was just one video I saw on social media, and it was where you had some clashing happening. That that was the one thing I saw. I don't know if that was in Australia or not. I, again, I didn't know what was exactly being referenced there. Anyway, Evan S. tagged to say, So maybe Thor was the reason why Odin was late for Friday Night Sights. Yes, indeed. Actually, more so, it would be uh, it would be Freya for not being here like she normally is to 
uh, to tag in and tag out. Laura says, I saw The Eyes of Tammy Faye in the theater, but Google says it's on Hulu. Okay, very cool, very cool. Crafty Tag Tag to say, WB still haven't ever released Harry Potter Extended Editions. Are they the dumbest company out there? That's the thing, though, is that are there really any Extended Editions that exist, like, to any degree that it would make a difference? Because I think I think they have released their 4Ks and Blu-rays with behind-the-scenes or deleted scenes, but deleted scenes themselves don't necessarily indicate that there's this amazing extended cut that changes the film so much that it makes it better. You know, it's not like a Lord of the Rings where you have like two hours worth of extra footage where you can then add that on and, and have a true uh, experience, you know? So I don't think it's that they're dumb. I just think that the stuff doesn't exist. CW Trixie says, who is worse in acting, John Cena or Shaq? Um, I would say probably Shaq. I mean, I, I like Shaq's movies better because he's so bad that it's funny. Like, I go back to, to films that he did. Um, didn't he? Uh, no, he did. His, he, at first, I was like, Shazam. No, it's like, no, he did a film called Kazam. And it's hilarious. I love Kazam. Cheesy, fun. But, yeah, with, with John Cena, he's just not a good actor. So it's one of those things where it's like, I can be entertained by just how bad Shaq is. Whereas with John Cena, I just get frustrated and very quickly bored by, you know, everything else. Uh, in future, what's going on? Liquid Blake, what's going on? Glad to see you in the chat again. Please put at Ode in the very beginning of your comments. Um, if you have a comment or question that you want to read aloud. Gribel says, have you seen Prisoners of the Ghostland? Nicolas Cage is the protagonist. The movie is a constant what the hell. I've not. I heard about it once. I forget where. It was on social media maybe or someone mentioned in the comments section at one point. Have not seen Prisoners of Ghostland or know anything really much about it. But Nicolas Cage being crazy is always a good thing. Daniel Thorne, it is Responsible Dog Owner Day. How are you being a responsible dog owner? Um, well, I've, I've fed my dogs, and they are now in their beds sleeping. So I, I guess that's how I've been responsible. They also have uh, med- medicine that they take, and I made sure that they, they got their medicine. So there it is. Joey Horn is a member, says, So it's Trouble with the Curve, the last good Eastwood film. It might be, and even that film was kind of like, that was more of like a B, B minus level. By the way, Babo Yogi, thank you for stopping by over on uh, Odyssey. I very much appreciate that. But let me try and just look up real quick to see what films he has had come out over the past several years. Because, again, the last one I saw was The Mule. I think that was the last film he had up until now. And it just, again, was a C-level movie, just not very well thought out, not just, just had a lot of problems, just had a lot of issues with it. And Trouble with the Curve, though I don't think it was a great film, was definitely on the better side uh, of things, for sure. And also, I don't know why there was a delay there, but let's see, as far as recent movies where he has directed no 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 actually no uh richard jewel oh man richard jewel was a great film so yeah looking back at it so these are films that he directed so richard jewel was fantastic i really like that movie a lot that is the last good film he did which makes sense because it's the last film he did before cry macho before then though he did sully which was okay 
like kind of like a B-level film. American Sniper, which I know a lot of people liked. Never saw Jersey Boys. J. Edgar was not good. Hereafter was not good. Invictus was okay. Gran Torino was fantastic. Um, so, yeah, he's, again, kind of had a mixed bag. But, yeah, actually, back in 2019, he actually did have a really good film. Because, yeah, if you've never seen Richard Jewell before, it's based off of historical events. And I thought it was it was very well done. Uh, let's see. Purple Burglar Alarm. What is going on? Thank you very much for being here. Um, let us see. Going through the chat. Let's see. Fenris Phil, what's going on? Thank you very much for being in the chat. General Wingster is singing, Macho, macho, macho man. I want to be a macho man. Uh, Laura says, someday we will get through a stream without hearing about your Dune hate. Well, it might be a while because Dune is yet to come out here. So there's that. And then also I'm literally staring at (laughs) the special edition of Dune. This is the 4K and then I have the Blu-ray. I'm going to give away the Blu-ray copy at some point in the future. Um, I still have the other giveaway that's live on the giveaways channel, though, for my uh, Army of Asgard members and above. And uh, I have not forgotten, it's just I've I've fallen behind. So I'm going to get that one decided, and then I'm going to get a bunch of other giveaways up before the end of the month. So don't worry, I've fallen behind, but I'm going to make up for it. Let's see, uh, Hannibal Grimm says, you make it to the card counter yet? No, I saw your review, and I know that you you liked it. Um, I think you liked it. No, wait, was that one that you liked? I can't remember. (laughs) <laughs> I got a lot of messages from you, so I can't always read all of them uh, fully, if you know what I mean. Um, because my mind's usually like, like I'm usually doing other things, and I get the messages like, oh, let me try and read through it. So, um, you know, I have not seen it yet. But I want to say I heard it was mixed, because wasn't that with, uh, uh, I forget his name on the top of my head, but Poe Dameron? That's how I remember him right now. Let's see, uh, Naderade 009, what's going on? 13th Warrior, hail to you. As far as Glenn Eastwood's uh, Clint's casting choices, he might be experiencing the whole I'm in his movie, it means I adopt all his political opinions conundrum. I don't know, though, because I feel like you can go back to some of the other films he's done and you can find some people attached to them that I wouldn't necessarily would say would would fall into anything like that. Because even he, in this film, I think, is not nearly as... Because I think that everyone has that mindset, right? Because everyone remembers the empty chair he did. At, was it the RNC he did one year? At, like the Republican convention, he did the empty chair and was supposed to be... It was supposed to be it was supposed to be Joe Biden or something. No, not Joe Biden, not Barack Obama. Um, but I feel like there's definitely some... There's definitely some messaging like when it comes to immigration in some ways in this movie. So, I don't know. I don't know if it's exactly the case that that's what's going on here. Just based on that. Fedigator says, Did you see the scenes of freedom out of Australia today? Look like the charging scenes in Braveheart. So again, that's what I was mentioning earlier. Um, let's see. Uh, again, Stephanie and um, Tina, thank you all both for being here. Appreciate it. See, Thursday Warrior, who's a member. Remember, if you have a comment or question that you want read aloud, you have to put either at Odin at the very beginning of your comment, no matter what platform you're on, or if you're a member on YouTube, then at that point you don't have to. Oscar Isaac, thank you very much. That was the name I was looking for. But that's typically how I know um, him at this point. 
Uh, let's see. Thirsty Warrior, though, says there's lots of vaccine mandate lawsuits out there and more coming. So far, mandates are losing time and time again. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense, too, because you are in the the general principle. You are forcing someone to do something that is a hindrance, right? You you are having someone and forcing someone to do something that can cause things like, obviously, stress, psychological harm as well. Because, again, if you are in a position where you're told, hey, if you don't do this thing that you have a moral issue with, you're going to get fired, that creates a very toxic work environment. So I, I think I, I'm, not gonna, I'm not surprised that that's what's happening. And I would not be surprised if when all things are said and done, you have a Supreme Court ruling about this type of thing. The issue that we find ourselves in, though, is that the Supreme Court doesn't really seem to matter anymore because when the Supreme Court steps in and puts an injunction in or, or, or gets like a, a ruling correct, what we've been seeing is that, at least with the current administration, is that they're willing to go like, nope, screw you, we're going to do it anyway. And it's like, okay, well then, we, we have no rule of law anymore. We, we have no uh, structure we, we, we've now gone past the different branches of government when one branch, which is meant to keep the other in check, is going to then say, screw you, we're just going to do it anyway. That's a bit of a problem. And that's why I, I'm liking what I'm seeing at the local state level, because that's what needs to happen. It's the governors of states that need to step up and say, no, you're overstepping your bounds. We're not letting you in. We're not letting you do this. If you and your federal buildings on our state grounds decide to start doing this, we're not going to let you. That That's what needs to happen. And I think that's why you're starting to hear more and more talks about things like secession or you know peaceful divorce or whatever it is that you want to call it. But you're hearing more talk about that now, I think, because of the fact that you have an out of control. The, the, the out of, you know, federal government's been out of control for decades now. Whether it's the massive spending, especially on military as far as our wars and, and foreign interventions are concerned, or whether it's just the fact that no one follows the rule of law. You, you've had this big um, wave that's been building of, of people being pushed in these different directions. Chicago Box, what's going on, man? Welcome. Awesome one. Thank you for being here. Appreciate it. Just another red shirt. Hail to you. Thank you for being a member on the channel. It says, defense of self and family is a special case in which violence is always and must always be an option. And again, obviously, it depends on what kind of defense. And this is something that I go over in, in morality with, with my kids is when you're talking about actual self-defense, punch coming right at you, you then are fighting back to stop that punch, right? And in the scuffle, right, you are you harm that person. Right? Is there sinful action going on there? Well, yeah, because you're harming a human person. Is it morally permissible? Yes, because you are defending yourself. Right, The, the church has been very much always in support of self-defense versus you disarm someone, they are no longer a threat, and then you put a bunch of bullets in them and they're not going after you or anything like that. I don't care what the law is in your state. I don't care what the law is in your state because moral law is going to trump any other law in existence. If someone is unarmed and has been taken care of and is still alive and then you decide to pump that person with bullets because they're on your property and the law says you can do that, I don't care. That's murder. At that point, that is point-blank murder. It's one thing if you're defending yourself, right, and the action of self-defense, someone's charging at you, someone's pulling for something, that's one thing. But in that situation, no, that, that would not uh, fall into it. And I know that not everyone maybe it will agree with me on that. Not everyone's going to agree with me on that point. I, I understand that. But I think it is an important distinction to be to be made there. 
because I think that, you know, the way in which we conduct ourselves, the way in which we develop our moral standards is what defines us as a society, is what defines us as as a culture, and it's what makes us different than the animals. It's what makes us different than the animals. Anyway... Thank you all again for being here. Please make sure you smash that like button, please. It really does mean a lot. All right. Jedi Ryan, um, I, I'm not going to highlight the comment because the name that you have is inappropriate, and we do have a family-friendly show here. Uh, so Jedi Ryan, thank you for being here. It says, feeling on Edge of Tomorrow. Uh, Edge of Tomorrow was great. Uh, I thought it was fantastic. Was not a fan of the marketing for it. The marketing for that film sucked. Um, marketing for that film sucked. But um, I do think that the possibility of a sequel and the workings on a sequel is is a good thing. My only concern is that they're going to miss it, is that they're going to take the success that they got post-release, especially on um, Blu-ray and, and on 4K, and that they're going to take that and screw it up in some way. So if they don't screw it up and they give us a really good follow-up that's worthy of having that story followed up, then I'd be okay with it. If not, then. Naderay Taddy says, seeing Cop Shop tomorrow with Gerard Butler and Frank Grillo. I've only heard good things and haven't seen the trailer. Yeah, I mean, Gerard Butler is kind of a mixed bag for me. I feel like he's in some good films. He's in some, mostly I feel like he's in, in, in between movies. He's not, he's not usually in terrible films. Not to say that he's not, but he's not normally in them. They're normally either, you know, okay. You know, they're either, you know, um, middle, middle of the ground or... Or they're bad. As I feel like the, the typical films that he comes out with. Frank Grillo has had one other film come out this year that I'm aware of. And uh, it was Boss Level. And Boss Level was fantastic. One of the few films come out this year that actually got an A rating from me. Got an A- minus rating from me, actually. Uh, it was a pretty good film. Uh, Joey Horn, yes, totally agree. Uh, Richard Jewell was fantastic. That That's probably the last good film that... Clint Eastwood did. Soul Assassin, speaking of responsible dog owners, thanks for the prayers, man. Soul Assassin, no problem at all, man. Hope everything is okay. Uh, I know that's always tough to deal with, um, especially, you know, pets, end of life. But, um, yeah, prayers headed your way, man. Still with you. Alrighty then. Uh, let's see. 70B says, will there be a Chosen tomorrow? So, good question. So, basically, the way it's going to work is, I think, we're going to plan to have a a shorter stream tomorrow. So whoever can make it, cause I know there was a, a couple people whose work schedules, it just worked better for this weekend. So because I do have baby Thor, my goal is that once, cause I, I also have, have the, have to try and figure out cause I've never brought baby Thor with me to mass before, because obviously he's still, he's still growing and uh, it's again, it could be very, complicated <laughs> with a toddler um at mass and i typically do and help with the live streamings at mass as well and so that also creates a complication there so i think that that is something that is going to be interesting because i'm gonna try and, and see if you know bringing baby thor with me uh to mass tomorrow so depending on how that goes um he should then be ready to go down for his nap when we get back so my hope is is that we can at least start a stream around 1.30 or so tomorrow Eastern during his nap time and maybe get about an hour, hour and a half stream in 
with those that can make it tomorrow, whose schedule works best tomorrow. That way, at the very least, right, we can get a chosen stream in and then have another stream planned for next weekend. And anyone who couldn't make it tomorrow can have that one. And then that one will also, by its nature, also uh, be be shorter as well. Um, so that one can be like a more full two-hour stream instead. And if it needs to go longer, obviously it can. But the ideal, I think, is to split it into two. I think it'd be easier on on me and uh, <laughs> and this weekend on on Baby Thor and everything. So that's the that's the current plan. We'll see how Mass goes. That's going to be the big question: is is how does he do at Mass? Let's see. Andrew Hoyle, who's a member, says last Eastwood movie I watched was the fifteen seventeen to Paris. Yeah, and I remember seeing the trailers for it, and I did not want to see it because it was again cool concept bringing in the people that actually you know, were the heroes of the story who are not actors, but then they're not actors. So, you know, it's just, uh, it's a bit tough. It's a bit tough. All righty then. And again, if you are watching on YouTube, make sure that you smash that like button. We got 98 people watching, almost a hundred people watching. Dang. Well, thank y'all again for being here today. Smash the like button, light up the fire button if you're watching on Odyssey. And if you're on Odyssey, if you have a comment or a question, I take them from you as well. It takes me a little time maybe to get to y'all, but just put at Odin at the very beginning of your comment. At Odin at the very beginning of your comment. Let's me know you're trying to get my attention. And again, I fall about 20 minutes behind or so. So please be patient. Hannibal Grimm says, I liked it. It's a hit or miss for a lot of folks. Okay, yeah, that's basically what I've heard is that I've the the one I saw was that it was a bit of a miss more so than not. Rhaegar Targaryen, I think, is fully fleshing it out to say it's Oscar Isaac. Um, usually remember him as Bad Apocalypse before Poe Dameron. Yeah, and it's sad too because he's actually a really good actor. I don't blame him for the Bad Apocalypse. That's that's purely on the director because the director saw that performance and either asked for it or at the very least greenlit it at the very least, put his stamp of approval on it. And then that's the, that's the thing you always have to remember when it comes to bad performances. In in many cases, there are times that you can blame both the actor and the director. There's some cases, though, where you know someone has the capacity to do better work, and you know then that it's more so on the director when, you know, you think about some of the worst takes, and this is why people talk about Nolan, right? Christopher Nolan, who is definitely a very talented filmmaker. There's no doubt about it. However, The Dark Knight Rises, not a very good film. Lots of issues, lots of problems. And one of the things that I point to as being one of the bigger problems about why Nolan is far from a perfect director is because that death sequence with Talia al Ghul exists. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, if you've never seen that scene, look up Talia al Ghul death. He let that happen. He said, oh, that's perfect. That's exactly what I want. It is one of the most cringeworthy deaths that I've seen in a major, big-budget comic book film. Was that death. It was terrible. It was awful. It was one of those stereotypical, like, now I'm dead. It's one of those kind of deaths. It It was cringe. And that's not on her. That is not on her. Because she actually is a talented actress who's done a lot of other things. That decision was allowed by Christopher Nolan. Talia Al Ghul. 
The new number two. Okay, let's talk about the elephant in the room, your old chair. Haven't done anything with that yet? No, I haven't. There's tons of elephants in this room, baby. I mean, there's tons of elephants in this room. Not actual elephants, but I mean, as far as just the room itself not looking uh, very tidy. Uh, Laura says, Oscar Isaac was the only good thing in Snyder's god-awful Sucker Punch movie. Yeah, I think that definitely would be a a fair assessment, at the very least. Uh, Andrew uh, Hoyle, thank you for the correction. Yes, I meant Joe Bracco Biden. Yes. Thank you. I'm glad that we were on the same page with that, though. All right, let's see. Rob D. I feel like Oscar Isaac would rather do a movie about Oscar Mayer hot dogs than another Star Wars movie. And I feel that a lot of people, if not most of the ones involved in the sequel trilogy, would probably feel the same way. If I had to guess. Evan S. Odin is now singing the point of no return for fan of the opera. Maybe. Maybe. Daniel Thorne. Sad to say, with mandates making people quit and supply chains break down, is it a good idea to pick up a Christmas presents and Halloween stuff early? really depends on you, dude. That's that's all it comes down to. We can only make decisions for ourselves, and that's kind of what this whole thing is all about, is about trying to let and allow people to make decisions for themselves. We, as humans, have a conscience, and that conscience gives us the ability to make choices. And unless the choices that we make are against the law, and for me, when I say law, I mean against the natural divine law, so killing an innocent person being a great example of that, right? Then it is something that we should be allowed to choose, that we should be allowed to make as a choice. When you try and mandate morality, when you try to mandate decisions that in and of themselves are either morally neutral at best, you you have some issues. Because a vaccine in and of itself is morally neutral. It does not, I mean, it's not a morally good or morally evil thing in and of itself. Now, if you dive into certain vaccines that exist and the history of how they were tested, how they were developed then you do have some instances where there is what's known as the remote cooperation with evil, which is the moral qualm I have with all current vaccines that are available. All of them. All of them. Every single one for for, for COVID. Specifically, deal with remote cooperation with evil because all of them either had used aborted fetal cells in their development or in their testing. One thing that people sometimes try to bring up as a counter to that is, well, if that's your standard, well, then you need to stop using things like Tylenol and things like ibuprofen, etc. And what they don't realize is that, well, no, because these things were developed way before they started to use the type of the genetic testing that they're doing now using these cells. What you're talking about are the fact that they have, since those were invented, used them to test for other things. And there's a difference there, right? If you develop something using moral means, okay. That has now been created, and it was created through a moral process. If you then, after the fact, use that same product, but now you start testing it, for something else to see, hey, maybe if this is going to have an impact on blood pressure, maybe this will have an impact on this. And in that testing, and in that process for that specific thing, you start to utilize things that are evil. Now you've changed it. 
So, so there are people out there that are trying to then equate the moral qualm I have with the current crop of vaccines available for COVID. And again, everyone's going to have a different standard on this. You know, the church herself has even come out long before 2021 or 2020, by the way, and said that the only time that we can cooperate morally in this remote fashion with evil when it comes to these types of vaccines is only through a prudential judgment if there is a massive emergency need. And for some people, they might think or had thought when they received it that there was an emergency need. Very well could thought that. Very well might think that still. And so therefore, for them, they make that prudential judgment for themselves. The issue that we have now, though, is that people are trying to be pressured into it, including by members of faith as well. Because moral permissibility has now become moral goodness, and they're not the same thing. Just because something is morally permissible, which just means allowed, does not make something a good thing, morally speaking. I know I'm kind of getting in the weeds a little bit with moral stuff, but you all know, right? I'm, I'm, a, the- <laughs> I'm a theology teacher. It's one of my degrees in. So that, that's where my mind on this is, is typically going to go. But this also then would extend to the law as well. An unjust law is no law at all. I believe it was uh, the great St. Augustine who gave us that. And it's so true. If, if a law is not rooted in the natural order and the natural law, the divine law, if it violates those things, then it, it cannot be a law. That's why you cannot legalize murder, for instance. Uh, let's see, Gerard Butler, or sorry, Andrew Hoyle, talking about Gerard Butler, says, Gerard Butler is the Scottish Nicholas Cage. To some extent, yeah. To some extent, I could see that. Uh, Jean Hu, what's going on? Welcome back. Glad to have you here. Appreciate it, as always. For those that are here, smash that like button. 106 people here now. Well, thank you. Kara Tharp says, I will not comply. One of my main reasons for not getting the jab is a drug allergy. That's the other thing, Kara. Th- thank you for mentioning that, too. And I'm sorry that you have one, because there are, I, I imagine there are a lot of things that really would benefit you that you can't get because of this allergy, is that there's almost no discussion in any of this stuff. There's almost no discussion about those that actually have medical reasons why they can't receive these. So are they not allowed an exemption? Are you then going to either force them to test weekly for something that they have no control over? Because when you start to do that, you now start to punish people because of something that they have no control over. So if it's either that case, like you just shared, Carl, again, being forced to do something because they would still say, oh, well, if she can't get it for medical reasons, then she still has to get tested every single week. It's like, okay, so are you going to cover the cost of that testing for something that is not her fault? Are you going to cover the cost of the testing? Are you then going to be able to make up for any discomfort because guess what? You're, you're forcing her to have this level of discomfort for something that is beyond her control, that, that she has no control over. You can also do the same thing and bring in the same type of argumentation, though, when it's from a moral standpoint. Oh, are you going to treat someone differently because they have a religious exemption? And then the real question is, oh, does it depend on what your faith background is in how you're treated? Because I'd be very interested to see if people of certain 
religious backgrounds who had the same type of objection would be given more leeway or more grace than others? It's a question I think that should be asked. James Pond says, Boss Level and Cop Shop share the same director as Joe uh, Carnahan. Okay, good to know that. Good to know. Should be a fun time then, if it's anything like Boss Level was. Naderade agreed and said, Boss Level is my fifth or sixth best film so far this year. It's definitely in my top five as of right now. There haven't been a lot of really good A-level films, so... Let's see. Elizabeth Lyon says, Crying babies are fine in mass. Oh, 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 oh... Here's the thing. Elizabeth Lyon, I totally get it. Yeah, it's definitely a sign of community. It's also a sign of your community growing. You, you know I'm, I'm a traditional Catholic um, is, is how I would pretty much identify myself. And there's a great saying that I believe it's, it's the great Dr. Taylor Marshall, who I first heard it from. I think he heard it from someone at some point. But anyway, he said the phrase, if your church ain't crying, it's dying. And there's a lot of truth to that, right? If you don't have a lot of young families having, having lots of kids, you know, uh, passing on the faith to their children, the next generation and growing up in the faith. Well, then guess what? (laughs) Over the years, eventually you're going to have aging demographics. That's why if you go to a lot of these, you know, older 1970s Norma's Ordo parishes, you're you're finding that a lot of it is a lot of older people for the most part. And uh, not as many young booming families. And again, it's not to say that it doesn't happen, but it's just not as common uh, when you compare the two together. So it's not about him crying that I'm concerned about. It's more of the, I'm going to have to bring a snack. What's going to happen with him eating that snack? What toys am I going to bring that will keep him entertained, but also won't cause a distraction? Um, you know, do I go directly to the cry room or do I try and and work things out? Also, I don't even know if if my church has a cry room necessarily because it's, it's a little bit of an old, older style uh a basilica church. Um, I know that there's like a daycare, like a daycare they have during, um, during mass time that I think they're just starting back up, but it's also like, then there's that other concern. It's like, okay, well I, we've never had him in something that was not, you know, his, his current daycare where it's like, you know, certified and, and like legit that kind of thing. Again, these are all the million things that go through the brain of anyone who's a parent probably knows exactly what it is that I'm talking about as far as like the rabbit hole of things that pop up. So yeah, the the last thing on my list is him crying, to be honest, because he's not much of a crier. He, he really isn't much of a crier. And if he was, I've already said my, my main goal is I'm that I'm going to be that parent where as soon as any type of elevated cry starts happening, boom, we're right in the back. We're going right to the back to not disrupt anybody because the amount of times where it's not the kid's fault, but the parents who just let their kids cry and cry and cry and cry and cry. It's like, look, I understand, especially in the ones with bigger families and things like that. Some people, it's they, they can't just get up and leave because they've got other kids um, and sometimes their other spouse can't be with them, etc., but the ones that just let it happen, it, like, it drives me nuts for me. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things I need to work on. I, I need to, I, I, so I always pray for more patience in myself because it's one of the things that I, I know I lack, especially in those circumstances. But it's also like, it can become very distracting away from what we're trying to do, which is, you know, to offer proper and right worship and fitting worship to God. Um, but yeah, again, I think anyone who's a parent will probably have an idea of the types of things that, that I just mentioned going on in my head. Daniel Thorne says, thoughts on the I am discourse by St. Germain. Uh, do you think it helps people? 
Um, I can't say that I know about that one, to be perfectly honest. Can't say I know. See, Naderade says, yeah, and I would love to be on stream with you, R&B, Chris Gore, and maybe some other movie heads just going over favorite current movies, actors, directors, etc. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's just fun to geek out with that kind of stuff. It's like what you used to do. I know it's what I used to do in high school. We would go and watch the film, and then we would spend as much time, like almost as long as the runtime of the film, in the parking lot after talking. And it starts off talking about that movie, and then it leads on to other discussions. And it's just a lot of fun. It's just a lot of fun. It's definitely something that I miss. Uh, let's see. Father says, forget Talia al Ghul's death. Trinity from the Matrix death was more painful. Oh, no, no, no. Again, Father, Father. I'm not, again, we're not comparing films here. At the end of the day, The Matrix is not a film made by Christopher Nolan. Um, and also, that brings up a whole other can of worms with the Wachowski brothers, and yes, I am calling them the Wachowski brothers because I believe in science and biological fact. However, I will say that I bring up Talia al Ghul because even a great filmmaker like Christopher Nolan still makes decisions like that. So, is what it is. See, uh, Rhaegar says, Babies at the 11 a.m. mass or something, they are fine at the beginning, but once the homily starts, the meltdown begins. Yeah, it's it's interesting because, you know, when when my son was baptized, he didn't cry, like, almost at all. Like, typically, babies start crying as soon as the water hits the head. No, didn't happen. There was a point where he had to have, like, his face covered, either because it was he was getting dried off or it was a part of, like, the, the general, like, ceremony. That's the only time he cried because he didn't want to have his face covered. He wanted to see what was going on. Um, and this was when he was, by the way, he was, like, days old. It's one of those crazy things where I always forget about it. But, yeah, uh, my baby boy was baptized within the first two weeks of his life. Because <laughs> it just happened to work out because... We wanted to do it because it was when, like, COVID was in, like, full-on, like, lockdown, crazy madness. And so we wanted to at least have the grandparents, you know, our parents there. And it was this time when her parents were leaving, my parents were coming in, and this crossover only had a certain length of time where they would all be there together. And so it ended up being within, like, the first couple weeks. Um, Pretty amazing, uh, actually, that we were able to do it as quickly. Um as it was. Uh, Wake Down says, I finally caught you live. Wake Down, welcome back, good sir. Yes, indeed. Yeah, there's a lot of people that usually would come in towards the end of my streams who I think are going to be like, wait a minute. What are you doing still live? Well, I had a later start today. I had a later start today. So, yeah, I think we have about 15 minutes. I, I would still want to try and keep this around an hour and a half. So, we got about 15 minutes or so based on the clock I have here. Because um, even though, obviously, there's there's no practical reason for me to get off the stream, I do like to end my night with a bowl of ice cream. And I have 20 minutes left of, <laughs> of Fast 9 to watch. <laughs> Which, just for the record, just a reminder, <laughs> shout out to Universal for sending me a copy of Fast 9 to review. Um, and I, I will say, as I've mentioned earlier in the stream, it's not as bad as 7 and 8 were. Because uh, 7 and 8 were atrocious and then Hobbs and Shaw was was also atrocious. This one's not good, um, but it's also not terrible either. By the way, got a couple super chats coming in from the Rookie Critic. Rookie Critic, how's it been going, man? So glad to have you here. Uh, he says, good movie this year, Pig starring Nicolas Cage. 
I agree to a point, Rookie Critic. I think there's so much to like about that movie, but there's one key element that destroys it for me. The cinematography is terrible. The cinematography has so much completely pointless shaky cam during moments where there doesn't need to be, where it's so hard to see what's going on. And normally it's a lighting thing, right? Normally, oh, you can't see these things because of the lighting being bad. This, it was because of the cinematography being terrible. And I know that Laura knows what I'm talking about because she even like warned me before going into it saying, by the way, there's something that's like a big pet peeve of yours that's going to drive you nuts. And I, and I wanted to go see it. I'm like, oh, yep, here it is. Drove me insane. I think everything else w- was okay. Because again, the direction was not a problem. The writing was not a problem. The acting was not a problem. It was the director of photography who was a different person. So yeah, it has, uh, Rookie, because I saw you in the live chat, it has nothing to do with the director's first film has everything to do with who they got to be um, their cinematographer. That was where the mistake was made. They, they could have spent a little bit more money, I think. Or at the very least, the director could have said, yeah, can we not do all the shaky cam, please? Thank you. Evan S., worse than Jean Grey in uh, 8... I don't know about that. Uh, no, I, I mean, let's just be honest. The, the last of the live-action X-Men films, uh, Dark Phoenix, uh, that one's just... It's just bad for so many reasons. I mean, Apocalypse was bad, um, but that was more of a, it's bad because we we remember how good Days of Future Past was, and this was the follow-up to it, and we were just like, oh, this isn't very good. And then when Dark Phoenix came out, we were like, oh, man, this is really not very good. And that's exactly how everyone's inner monologue sounded, too, by the way. You're welcome. Remember, Sci-Fi is a member says, my grandfather survived five years of Yahtzee death camps. My father, six months in Polish commie jail. Risking my job doesn't seem that much. Yeah, it's interesting always, too, whenever you compare things, put things into perspective, especially historical perspective, of the things that we find to be um, problems, the things that we find to be hard to do, or the things that we think are, you know, uh, you know, risking it all and everything, in comparison to some others, like the people you just mentioned, it's like, it's not as bad. It's not as bad as that. Now, I don't. I'm not going to say that that it's still not, you know, a uncomfortable thing for uh, for many of us and the, the decisions that some of us are going to have to make. And again, I'm I'm thankful every single day that I'm not in a position that likely will ever reach that point. I'm actually dealing more so with the other issue of, you know, the the church at the very least uh, really contracting. And that's really, I think, the danger where I am is that even though I'm kind of protected from these external forces um, that are impacting a lot of other occupations and especially public schools, I'm kind of shielded by that. However, the other issue that we have is the church, as far as the numbers are concerned, is contracting, which means numbers are contracting, which means money is contracting, which means it's getting smaller, which is not inherently a bad thing, but for, you know, for being, you know, in a... Uh, in a field where many schools and churches and parishes are being closed every single year, that that's where my uh, issues can pop up. New number two says, it's a good thing you're wearing a dark hoodie. If it wasn't for that, we wouldn't be able to see anything on screen. Yeah, that's right. I'm trying at times to like pull, to like lift up my arm uh, to, <laughs> so that way it can fill in some of the letters there. And as I said, I, I apologize for that. I would fix it. But uh, the issue is that if I click away from this chat screen, there's like a whole history of, of, of um, messages that would be lost. And uh, I don't want that to happen. So let's see. Anonymous, hail, he says. Well, hail to you. Thank you for being here. 
Thirsty Warrior, who's a member, says, The left says, healthcare is a human right. Also, doctors should not treat the unvaccinated. Exactly, right? Yeah. It's amazing the amount of, like, there's always hypocrisy. But it's amazing just how far they have gone in the level of their hypocrisy. Because guess what? They also say, my body, my choice. When it's not even (laughs) their own body that's at question there. Let's not talk about the fact that there is a separate, unique human life with its own unique set of DNA at the moment of conception. Let's not let's not talk about that. But no, yeah, that that somehow fits the my body, my choice narrative. But if we flip that around and use the same logic in the same way when it comes to, you know, the vaccines and the mandates. Oh, no, we can't say that. It's different. Okay. Yeah, because that's right. When you say it, you're actually talking about a separate human life that's being killed. Whereas when I say it, I'm talking about, you know, morally wanting to resist something and also not wanting to be forced to do something that's against not just moral principles, but also for many of us uh, against our conscience and not just conscience in a moral sense, but also a, hey, there's a lot of things I don't know yet. There's a lot of stuff I'm still learning. We don't have any real long term, uh, you know, trials or long term effects. Not to say that there are any. Again, I am not a doctor. Please consult your own doctor. But all of these things that come out and are developed always have years upon years before getting any type of authorization or approval. And it's because they don't know and we don't know long-term impacts. So for them to be trying to push that, it's just it's insane. Just logically, it's insane. Uh, Baba Yogi over on Odyssey says, funny how my body by choice is being flipped when it concerns vaccines that do not destroy the virus. Uh, vaccines generally stop or destroy communicable diseases, i.e. polio, rubella, measles, coof. Uh, vaccines don't do that. Well, here's the thing, right? Like, essentially what we have here is just another variation because I, I even, like, I wanted to look this up because I wanted to have the accurate response to this. And I honestly did not know this. I honestly did not know this because I never really got the flu shot. Because I never, I never felt I needed to. Because I have a pretty good immune system. I've only gotten the flu once in my entire life, and I got through it pretty quickly. But I've never really gotten it. But the flu shot is actually a vaccine. And I was like, okay, I guess that makes sense. But again, I, I didn't really know much about it. What we have here is just another version of that. Because now with all of these variants that are coming out, and there's more variants on the way. All that we're going to be left with then, if we were just to step back for a second and be logical, is, okay, how about instead we try and look at the numbers and then say, okay, which variant is going to be most the most prominent this year, and then have it as like a flu shot type uh, mentality, where again, you're not required to, but it's, it's a choice. Isn't that a, a convenient thing? Isn't that a, a novel idea? Philly the Hobbit, Alan, what's going on over on DLive? Evan S. says, a list of things of signs of weak Catholicism by St. Bernadette Subaru on Telegram. It's worth the search. On Telegram? Interesting. Is there, there, there are Catholic Telegrams? Evan S., I, I, don't, I don't know how you can contact me, but let me know more about that. Because I'm always interested in finding out other ways to um, deepen faith and discussions. Tayray88, what's going on? Welcome to the chat. Uh, let's see, 13th Warrior, who's a member? It says, asymptomatic spread has been shown to not be a thing. Go back to temperature checks, you morons. <laughs> yeah. Remember how that, like, was pretty early on, too. They had determined that asymptomatic spread is is very, very rare. Like, obviously, you know, statistically, it's going to happen at least once. Um, but it, it's very rare. It's very uncommon that that happens. And yet, yeah, it's it's insane. You Again, as everyone has been saying, 
It's like, no, this this is just all insanity because it's all fallen under the false proposition of trust the science, which in and of itself, the way that they talk about it is anti-science because science itself is a cycle, right? You develop a hypothesis, you test for it, you see your results, you develop theories, and then you test them again and again and again and again, and it's ever rotating. It's ever growing. So the ones that are like, trust the science, this is what it says. It's like, okay, but guess what? That means that in a year, when we know more, because we've done more testing and we've done more study, that this either could be wrong or could be not as bad or there's something that we didn't even consider beforehand, you know? Anyway, uh, Darth uh, Cubal, welcome from Periscope, or what's left of Periscope. Snorapoopas, all that crying and wailing during Mass really bothered me. I'm glad someone shut me <laughs> Uh, yeah, and again, that's I, I want to be the person where I am not the one that's just going to let, you know, my child just go crazy like that. Daniel Thorne says, I'm seeing a lot of four to five star reviews of Dune on Letterboxd. It's sad we might have to wait to 2025 to get the next one. Yeah, and I mean, that's kind of what we have to, we knew that that was going to be a thing because they were not filming these at the same time because they didn't really know exactly how well uh, or how poorly this film is going to do. I still have some doubts about whether it'll be financially viable. Again, as I said, right now in the early showings, it's made about $8 million in the first day or so. It's expected to make around $20 million internationally. Eventually, it is going to get released domestically. And um, we'll, we'll, of course, just have to wait and see how, how well it does. Obviously, HBO Max is going to take some of those numbers away. But if the word of mouth is good, and right now it seems to be, enough people could get motivated to go see it in IMAX and hire... Uh, higher paying, uh, higher, more premium formats. And that could have an impact. Could have an impact. Uh, the Rookie Critic also, thank you again for that super chat. 10 minutes ago, he says, my next short film, The Fat Speedster, coming soon. Nice. Good, sir. Nice. Awesome one then says, no SJW cry room. No, no, we don't have those. It's just for the actual children. Uh, Mark McMinn, what's going on? Dude, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Mr. Peabody, what's going on? Good, sir. Thanks for being here. Appreciate it. Again, everyone, if y'all smash that like button, please. Uh, Jean Hu says, of course, he's not much of a crier. He's Thor. He is a baby, though. He is baby Thor. And there are times that he does cry. But uh, David Carradine says, the best parenting advice my parents and myself have received was from Italian grandmother. She said, let the baby cry like when they are down being at pain at home. You're, wait, she said to let the baby cry like when they are down or being a pain at home. You know, yeah, there's a lot of studies to show that there are times when you just have to um, let the baby cry. However, uh, again, there's very specific times when you, you do that. There's very specific times when you do that, uh, especially when you're getting them used to sleeping at night. Uh, as I said, he has been pretty good for, for a very long time. In fact, I have a monitor in front of me right now, and he's just out. Uh, he's always been a very, very good sleeper. Uh, Thursday Warrior says, I'm with you on the crying uh, kids thing. I think it's partly an introvert trait. Yep, absolutely. Uh, because like to me, it, because I'm introverted, it's like I'm, it's just like all like building, 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 building up in myself. And then uh, Thirsty Warrior says, Odin dead naming for shame. Uh, you see... That would require me to that would require me to acknowledge that dead naming is actually a thing. But if I don't acknowledge that dead naming is actually a thing, because I acknowledge biological fact and reality, then how can I be dead naming if I don't even believe that I'm doing it? 
because I don't believe that that is such a thing. Just, just saying. Because at the end of the day, guess what? They're men, and therefore they are the Wachowski brothers. It's amazing that, I, I'm still amazed that in 2021, that is now considered to be some type of hot take. It's insane to me. Uh, there it was again, the super chat from Rookie Critic. Thank you again, dude, for the support, and good luck on the short film, good sir. Uh, Evan asked, Tag to say, my godson was tired of his baptism, so he was crying. I was baptized at five days old. Nice. Very cool. Uh, General Winkster, Mario Kart stream after this? I doubt it. Um, I'm about to say, there's a... Ch- the problem is because they start so late at night, because even on weekends, guess what? I still have to get up early to take care of baby Thor. So, if I could do anything, it'd be in for a few rounds, but normally the Mario Kart streams are never needing spaces. There's almost always enough people in the Mario Kart streams. So I know that typically if I was to say, oh, I can be in for the first half, I would get the, the you know, I would get the old, well, if you can't commit to the whole thing, then you can't do it. Because obviously sometimes that happens. And again, it makes sense. Makes makes sense to a certain degree in most respects. Uh, Alex Bones? Wow, what's going on? Alex Bones. Oh, man. Oh, man. Y'all are awesome. All right. Over on uh, Odyssey, let us see. Daniel T says here, what do you believe the next annoying thing about Shang-Chi will be? First, we had all of the hoopla around the movie, then the box office. Now it's Simu having old racist and sexist comments. I don't know. Uh, The only thing that I can think of is that next weekend we see some type of cataclysmic fall that leads to the film not making money. That's the only thing I could think of, to be perfectly honest. But I don't think that's going to happen, just based off of the very strong holdovers it's had week to week. Because I actually had a uh, me and Tom from Midnight's Edge and Midnight's Edge After Dark. By the way, shout out to Tom. Much love, brother. But um, we were not on FNT at the same time because the panel was already, it was, it was too big for that. So when I left and he came back on, before that, he was in the chat backstage, though, and so me and him kind of had like a, a, a like a little, little little mini argument slash debate over whether Shang Chi is going to make any money. And the point I was trying to get across to him, which is sometimes hard to do, I think, over text, is that even if you look at numbers and and you feel a certain way because of of what you're seeing in certain in certain you know uh, sections of of the world or sections of the of of the internet, maybe. Or just the general perception of how people are feeling. When you compare any big budget film to historical reality, to historical trends, and this includes COVID time, what we've seen is that these films have have been performing pretty much on par with the range that existed prior to COVID. And in some cases have actually performed better than um, the typical standards because of these strong week-to-week holds, specifically in the domestic market. Great example of this would be Free Guy. You know, obviously Free Guy has a lot to owe to places like China for it to be in the discussion of making its money back. However, it is also one that's continued to have very strong week-to-week holds domestically as well. 
C Thirsty Warrior says it's sad that the Yahtzee death camps, which uh, resulted in the Nuremberg Nuremberg Code against medical testing without informed consent, are completely disregarded on this same issue. Exactly, and and people will literally jump through as many hoops as they possibly can and tie their logic into knots to try and say how it's not at all the same. Now, of course, the big narrative is, but now it is approved. It's like okay, but you 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 still have to admit that then there was hundreds of millions of Americans who received it prior to that. And the question, I think, has to be has to be asked, how much did the people giving that, as far as the pharmaceuticals are concerned, how much did they know about any potential side effects? Because now, now we're seeing that there are side effects. You know, now we are seeing that it is leading to um, in some cases, it's leading to death, as, again, all vaccines at some point, right, have that, but it's leading to other things, too, which, again, is also a common result of vaccines and others. I am not a doctor. Consult your medical experts, or rather, <laughs> more so, consult your actual doctor who is going to be able to give you the best advice for you. But it just, again, drives me insane that... When you bring this stuff up, you're you're immediately labeled as yo. You're just an anti-vaxer. You're just you're just one of those conspiracy theorists. It's like no, no. Literally, I'm just I'm just I am just asking questions, which, by the way, is the very definition of what science is. Science is about asking questions, trying to find answers. So it's amazing to me. And so rich to me to hear someone say, trust the science, trust the science. And then at the same time, anytime someone asks a question, especially good questions, or at the very least, you know, logical questions, that somehow, some way, they are fringe, conspiracy. It's like, no, just asking questions. Awesome one. How far are we from the Romans verse, for your sake we face death all day long, we are considered as sheep to be slaughtered? Well, this is already a true fact. We can be, we can die at any time from anything. I mean, so, you know, I've always looked to that verse and I've always understood it, not just in the, obviously, the looking at the persecutions that were going on in the early church and throughout the history of the church, but I mean, in the fact that every single day, we are facing death, especially spiritual death, because we are facing sin and temptation every single day. Um, we always have to remember that there is this literal sense and spiritual sense, anagogical sense, and uh, moral sense that exists within Scripture. Um, again, basically, there's this multi-layered, multi-layered discussion. And yes, we have talked about the Dune box office. Uh, but obviously, I, I go where the... I, I like... Uh, so, using a quote from Socrates, credited to Socrates by Plato in his work, The Republic, I go where the wind of the argument carries us. I go where the wind of the discussion carries us. And a lot of people are talking and wanting to talk about other things, and I have no issue with that. But we have talked about the Dune box office. And for anyone that's missed it, right now it's made about $8 million in its first days offshore. It's expected to make around 20 to $25 million in the 16 markets that it's open in. Whether or not this is a really good sign or not is hard to tell because by doing this type of delayed release like they're doing, the way that I, I specifically normally track films um, really 
doesn't exist at this point. Really, you would have to compare it to other films that have had other types of similar releases, but then you start to really dive into the weeds, and again, it gets complicated. Don Manga says, it looks like Shang-Chi is going to come under 200 million, 200 million this weekend, well below the projections earlier this week. It's going to limp its way. Bro, Don Baca, no, dude. Okay, because I've seen you several times now say this, and that, it, that it's just simply not true. The film is going to make around 170, it's going to get to around 177 million dollars domestically this weekend in its third week it's not going to limp to 200 million it's going to reach 200 million dollars and probably even get past it by how much i don't know it's going to reach 200 million dollars and unless there is nothing coming from the foreign markets which right now there's no indication that there won't be anything coming from the foreign markets it's probably going to even get to 300 million dollars if not cross it this weekend so so i'm, I'm sorry man I know that you're passionate about this, but at this point, there is no evidence, there is no number that's indicating that the movie is not going to break even. That's not a good sign, by the way. For us to be talking about Shang-Chi, an MCU film, potentially breaking even, making small net gains, like up to no more than 90 millions in net gains, that's going to be still one of the lowest net gains of any MCU film in history. So it's not a good thing by any means. But please stop with the, it's, it's, it's not doing as well as you say it is, because guess what? The numbers disagree with you. Because guess what? We have not had any of the international numbers from this past week update. We have not had the international numbers from this past weekend update. And also, we have not yet had the official numbers yet for this. It's not my... Don, bro, don't don't even pull that with me right now, man. Domestic, your error. Not my error, Don. This is your error, man. This is your error, okay? Because the last narrative you were pushing was that the film was not going to reach... Three, you, your last narrative was that it was barely going to cross $300 million or not even cross $300 million internationally. So please don't change the narrative. I, I'm moving on from that, dude, because now I'm getting worked up. <laughs> oh, man. That kind of stuff gets to me. Anyway, Forever Sci-Fi. The vaccine is creating the variants, self-perpetuating exponential business money-making scheme. Well, again, again, I'll be careful with that. I would say that um, mo- multiple things, lots of things are 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 a part of the variants. That is one of them. I mean, again, because if you're introducing the virus into the system to build up antibodies to it, well, then, yeah, right? That is going to have an impact on the way in which these things can mutate and vary and create the variants that they are. It can happen in both ways, though, both from getting it naturally and then also from what is is happening through the vaccination process. So it's both of them. It's, it's both of them. So... Let's see, just another red shirt says, I know why the chats you highlight fade out to the right. The text isn't black, isn't transparent. Well, again, I'm sure there's a way that I could fix it in here, but if I click away from this chat box that I'm in right now to have it get highlighted, it's, it, it's just the chats are going to go away completely. And then I don't know which chats are gonna actually going to be saved. Daniel Thorne says, what, a, what is louder, a crying baby or a wailing banshee? Easily a wailing banshee. Easily the wailing banshees, that's for sure. All right, we are a little over time, so we'll go ahead and just finish up with some last comments. Says, I let my kids sleep with me, says Elizabeth, Ly- uh, says Elizabeth Lyons. See, yeah, mine, he wouldn't fall asleep most likely, I would say. 
uh, then says, thank you. There's no such thing as dead naming. Yeah, no, exactly right. And that, and that's why I think it was even, even Tim pool admits saying like, you already have, like you already have this, um, this thought process. You already have this, um, ideological framework built into the rules of these various platforms. And so it's, yeah, it's, it's just ridiculous that they would even try and push that. See, General Wingster says, technically I don't have to call you by your proper name by law, so good evening, Jessica. <laughs> this is true. And guess what? I'm not offended by that because <laughs> I'm a regular person. Uh, Buzzards Bus Company, welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Again, as we are wrapping things up, Don, as I said, because I saw another comment up there again, uh, for for my own anger's sake, I'm just moving on from it, man. Chris, the numbers will speak for themselves, and that's all I'll say about it. Chris Six Twelve says, any recommendation for Indian films? I have a lot of Indian coworkers who talk about them a lot. Never really did. I've never really d- dived into. Indian films all that much. I've never really been into it. I've never really been my 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 forte. So I don't have much that I could say. Don't have much that I could say. Let's see. Lusu. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Her sci-fi vaccine deaths over the last year have outpaced the previous 20 combined. Yeah, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that you're not having something that goes through the normal paces that it does. And also, I, I can't think of many in recent memory, as far as vaccines are concerned, getting this type of push from not just the pharmaceutical economy, not just the pharmaceutical pharmaceutical companies, but also from almost every level of government and also from some of the largest church and faith-based organizations as well. I don't think I can remember within modern history, the Catholic church of all places of all things promoting a vaccine, let alone one that whether someone likes it or not, this is a fact has within it the remote cooperation with evil. So if one receives it as a person of faith, you are remotely cooperating with evil. Now you are up left to your prudential judgment so it does not mean that you are that you are committing a, a grave sin by receiving it if you judge for yourself that it is something that you need to have and there's no other alternatives that exist. But I think that we need to stop going past the more important discussion, which is that these are not morally good and that they are still remote cooperations with evil. Whether whether you work that out for yourself or not, they are still remote cooperations with evil. Through the worry, it's interesting the side effects of the vaccines are not discussed. When every two minutes an ad prescription drugs talk uh, about half the side of it being filled with warnings and have no li- have no liability makes it a big difference. Oh, that's a huge difference for sure, right? Like any commercial of any drug, right? Any commercial with any drug, you see um, those people like those words on the bottom. You also have the people talking really quick, really quickly as well. Yeah. Don't worry, man. I, I am calm. I am calm. As I said, I'm I'm moving past it because, again, people still want to rile things up. No, as I said, I've calmed down. I've calmed down. I'm sure, sure, I'm sure, I'm sure my anger uh, drove some people away. But hey, it's okay. 
We are basically towards the end. Oh man, here come the Jessicas. <laughs> hey, you're you're within your legal right. Uh, Thirsty Warrior says, I saw a very weird thing recently, an old movie with a child actor named Ellie. <laughs> That's because her name is Ellen Page. Oh, <laughs> uh, so Jessica, what do you think of Odin? I don't know. I think it's kind of cute, you know? I think it's kind of cute. Why not? Basmati Blues. No, no. I refuse to watch that. There's there's some things I can watch. There's just others where I'm like, no. Just another red shirt. Go, Got to head out, get some dinner, be seeing you. Hey, man, have some fun. I'm going to be leaving soon to get some ice cream. I'm uh, just going to get through these last comments. See, awesome one says comics says it's very connected. Government and corporations working together for the love of money. Yeah, no, and there is, um, again, it really comes down to deep state, and there is not only a deep state, but there's also a a, a deep church as well, which is very much along the same lines. It's the same people working together. Uh, there was a an event held at the Vatican where it was a virtual event, but you had the who's who of you know, big state, international bodies communicating. Uh, Comic Sense Collective, welcome to the chat. It's a new name in here. See, Forever Sci-Fi says, nope, takes years to sort out side effects of the large-scale clinical trial. Yeah, exactly, Forever Sci-Fi. And it's something that even just saying that, all of a sudden you're just, you know, labeled anything. Half of one half of ads on Dish are drugs, says Awesome One. Yeah, most things are drugs, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. For sure. Uh, Snorter Poopa says, side effects of gotcha, gotcha, ask how, include death. If you suffer from death, please discontinue taking gotcha, ask <laughs> call your doctor. <laughs> uh, I got you on that one. I picked up what you were laying down there. Baba Yogi says, Spanish flu, 1918, over 500 million people died. No lockdowns, no masks, no mandates, and humanity is still here. Yeah, also 500 million. I think you already hit the nose, you already hit the nail on the head with that. 500 million. Yeah, like, and uh, even, um, uh, oh, what's his first name? Even like, even Jordan Peterson recently put out a, a tweet where, they were talking about hospitalization rates. And essentially what they found is that when you poll most Democrats and ask them what what do you think the the hospitalization, not death rate, hospitalization rate is for COVID, the number was around 50% is what they claimed. And he mentions, and I don't have because I, I actually want to look this up to see if it's if it's true or not, but it's obviously not 50%. In fact, he said it's closer to 2%. So that, to me, is also like something that we don't talk a lot about either. So we're not only dealing with something that has an incredibly low mortality rate, especially for people who, are, who don't have comorbidities, but then also even the hospitalization rate is incredibly low as well. And yet, so many people are treating this like something like a Spanish flu, where you had hundreds of millions of people get, you know, hundreds of millions of people die. And 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 that's the other thing too and I, I guess I'll end with this on that point. I think it's important for us to to not forget and to always remind ourselves 
that no matter what the numbers are, no matter what the percentages are, it's still people's lives. It's still people. It's still human beings. It's still human souls. And so I don't ever want to fall into the trap of trying to act as if a statistic, even if it is a small statistic, is somehow not important because that is not that is not true. And the reason why it is true, or rather the reason why it is still so important is because even if it's less than 1%, that's still hundreds of thousands of people across the world who have died. Many of them, um, you know, dying, and, you know, we don't even have to get into majorities of, but still, many of them dying specifically from this. And since we already also have much conversation about this being something that was man-made, not something that developed from nature, but being rather something that happened from a lab, right? Now that's a part of the mainstream narrative, right? The lab leak hypothesis is no longer fringe conspiracy stuff. You start to realize just how how evil the powers that be have become by taking things that are intrinsically morally neutral or even good, medicine, science, scientific discovery, and have somehow been able to twist it into something wrong, into something evil. But anyway... That is going to be it for me tonight, everyone. Thank you very much for putting up with the delayed start and for sticking around a little bit longer as well. You guys are really awesome. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, As always, remember to, um, in future streams, put at Odin at the very beginning of your comments, unless you're a member, because that tells me you're trying to get my attention as there are just, again, tons of chats I fall behind all the time as well. I'm also going between different chats as well. Relina over on Odyssey has the last question saying, uh, OM Shanti Om and Blue Barber, both from the 2000s, are two Indian movies I would recommend, especially for those new to Indian films. Okay, well, there you go. Uh, Relina has a bit of the insight there. So if you could, please, as y'all are finishing, uh, as we are finishing up the stream, if you could smash the like button if you're watching on YouTube, light up that fire button if you're watching on Odyssey, Odyssey, it really would mean a lot. And before I play the YouTube outro video, I'll go ahead and do what I normally do, which is, of course, shout out my members who are at the Army of Asgard level and above, because one of the perks that you get for being a member at the Army of Asgard level and above is that your name gets shouted out at the end of every single live stream. And so let me go ahead and just click these right boxes. A huge shout out then to Malvin, Dolores Ed, Twirly Wolf, Low Pro, Farrah Lovely, Valiant Renegade, Jonathan Marshall, Eric Kay, Cornelius Schultz, Fetigator, Gonzalo Bergali, George Molo, Grimm's Math, Wicked Plumber, Gomer Kyle 79, Kyra Tharp, Damn Walking 55, M Tax Shark, Forever Sci-Fi, Rosie G12, Andrew Hoyle, Orange Hat Reviews, Jay Stowe, and Aiden Vickery. Thank you all very much for being a part of the membership here. And if you want to have your name shouted out or to get a plethora of other various perks, check out the links in the description below for more information about how to follow me on various social media platforms and support the channel if you so choose to do so. That top link is a Willow link, which brings you to all of the various links. You can find a lot of that stuff on my website as well, ombreviews.com. And again... You guys are awesome. Uh, Tomorrow, I will have an updated box office video, and we will see exactly 
how much more money Shang-Chi has made. As I said last week, it is on pace to be able to make its money back and then some. Not impressive by any means compared to other Marvel films, but hey, for a film to have been costing $150 million and make its money back, kind of a rare feat in the today's modern market. But anyway, you guys are awesome. Should also have a Chosen of Valhalla Part 1 stream tomorrow, closer to 1.30 p.m. or so, and just stay tuned for that once I figure out the whole mass situation and everything with baby Thor, um, we'll, we'll work that out. So if it's nothing, ha- if nothing happens tomorrow, we'll definitely have one for next week. But anyway, now it's time to get some ice cream. Kara Tharp's getting some ice cream as well. Boom. It's ice cream party time. Ice cream, party, party. ice cream and cake and cake, ice cream and cake and cake. You guys have a great one. Have a wonderful day, everybody. And as always, God bless. And now for a huge shout out to all of my September Locals Patreon and Subscribestar members. First with my Locals members, Cats App, D Sharp, It's a Modern Major General Story, Laura Bifford de and Robert Barnes. I want to give a shout out to especially to Laura, who is now a double supporter on Locals and on Patreon. So thank you for that. And to all of my Locals members. A shout out also to my Patreon members, Andrew Hoyle, animation commentator, Brandon, Brian P., Christopher Bowman, Don Bruno de la Mancha, Father Christopher Miller, Hail to you, Father, Father Damian Cook, Garrett Searles, Hannibal Grimm, Harold Francis, Inflamed Wood, Jacob Juice, Jeffrey Toon, Joe Horn, Jonathan Garney, Gomer Kyle 79, Laura the Modern Major General Story once again, Mike Jackson, Mad Mitch Dunaway, Mondo Spieler, Mr. Peabody, On to June, Orange Hat Reviews, Out of Step with Reality, Priscilla Hall, Rosetta Ullen, Teresa Martin, Theodore Benden, Tina Bojan, and Tina B, the Empress of the Universe, and a shout out also to my Subscribestar members, The R, Fast Reaction, Nosferatu Gatsu, John B, Perpetual Punster, Mr. Roy, Glinzer, J. Alex McCarthy Jr., Dean Heiss, Slash, the new number two, J-Ra, the beer guru, and ZK Man. Thank you all very much for supporting the channel. And I want to give a huge shout out to new members, one-time supporters over on Locals, Kara Tharp, K Tharp 56, and Brett D90. Thank you again for being a one-time supporter over on Locals, and also to my newest Patreon member, Stan Gunovic. And hopefully I pronounced that correctly, but thank you for being my newest members. It really does mean a lot. And if you want to have your name shouted out at the end of every single video or live stream on the main channel, please check out the links in the description below, specifically that top link, which will bring you to all of the links to my various social media pages and also places of support as well. And remember that if you join at the Army of Asgard level, you also get access to giveaways of 4K titles. Right now, I have a live giveaway of Snatch on 4K Steelbook. I've also got ones for Dread, uh, Wrath of Man Blu-ray. I've also got A Quiet Place Part 2 on 4K. I've got Top Gun on 4K, Sicario on 4K, tons of films and more to come, especially as more films are getting released for those giveaways. At the uh, Keeper of the Bifrost level, you get all that, plus you get access to an exclusive podcast, podcast that I do with John the Flick Pick Flickinger. Not only do you get to listen to the podcast, you also get to ask questions that we answer. 
as much as we can and as fully as we can in much more, I guess you could say, uncensored way, but again, a much more free-flowing way for our members over there at the Keeper of the Bifrost level above. And if you join the Chosen of Valhalla level, you get access to all of those things, plus in your first month, you get a free t-shirt, your choice, and I send it to you no matter where you are in the world, and also, you get to once a month be featured on the channel in the Chosen of Valhalla livestream, where we talk about movie, news, and pretty much anything that you want to talk about. So if that all sounds like fun to you, check out those links below. You're all amazing and beautiful people. Hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day, and as always, God bless. And because I happened to miss it in the DLive chat, I want to shout out Daniel Thorne for the three ice cream donations. Goodbye, everybody.